Cool. So last week um, <coughs> we began the discussion about how do we um, try and live our lives not driven by agenda. Okay, so in relationships, in different scenarios that we find ourselves, how do we um, how do we remove agenda so that it doesn't get in the way of something really positive and and loving, genuinely loving happening. And actually, it's quite a challenge. We looked at some, some of the concepts you talked about in. Um, we read a load. Of, we read a load of content out of one of the chapters from Everybody Always, uh, and we talked about how loving people is not about collecting tickets that enables us to build up equity and um, that might lead to a reward of some kind from that relationship. Like I love this person, and as a result, they will do this X, Y, and Z for me. Uh, because of my investment. Um, we talked about how easily agenda uh, and our desire for what that relationship needs to be and needs to look like, how easily that agenda can creep in. And, and we kind of ended by looking at this whole concept of, of being people who constantly remind ourselves that it's not all about me, that one of the biggest temptations with everything to do with life, and even what we're talking about today kind of epitomises this, most of our perspective is driven by us being the centre of the universe. Do you know what I mean? We, we often, everything comes out of this point of us in the middle and everything, everything out of that place um, is kind of, it's all how it relates to me. How do I feel? How do I function in this? And, and what do I want? And what do I need? And society now is only getting more and more kind of person-centric, uh, really. Um, <clears throat> and I suppose if we say that line, it's not, about us, that kind of destroys that mentality of, of us needing to always make sure that that we are that everything works for us and we're happy with it. Now, obviously, we do need to ask those questions. We need to make adjustments. That if you're really uncomfortable with something, then yeah, you do need to make a call to say, "I'm not going to do this." But actually, there's sometimes where we've just got to go beyond ourselves and do stuff that will make a difference for someone else without any personal gain or, or any kind of necessarily benefit for us. There's a little section um, in that book. Where's it gone? Here it is. Um, I was just going to read as a little reminder. Um, it says the next time, it, it's, it's off the back of him talking about how when we do good things, sometimes it's really easy to, to report those back to people and, and fall into the trap of boasting a bit when we do stuff well or do stuff for god um he says the next time you're tempted to boast just say under your breath it's not about me say it a dozen times a day say it a thousand times a month say it when you wake up and when you go to sleep say it again and again it's not about me it's not about me say it when you bless a meal or do something wonderful or selfless and when you help hurting people make it your anthem and your prayer when we keep track of the good we've done um, or love people with an agenda it's no longer love it's just a bunch of tickets we can either keep track of all of the good we've done or all of the good god's done and i think it's those kind of things that it's almost a bit of rewiring isn't it that's what we talked about how to get ourselves out of the mentality of almost we feel better about ourselves when we've done this this and this actually it's not about us it's there's, there's some there's so much more going on and and sometimes it's a case of really shifting our focus and last week we talked about um i suppose our inspiration coming from this particular passage in the book of romans um we read it last week um out of the niv but i was going to i wanted to remind us of it this week uh, but using the message translation because it's always um <clears throat> quite interesting to read how the message is as interpreted um 
what um, what was originally said. So this is what it says, and it's all under the the title of love in action. And this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, and he says this: love from the centre of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be a great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. And I love that passage because it <clears throat> it's a real... Um, it's a real clear reminder of of who we're called to be, and and the fact that it then gives us loads of scenarios that we can actually relate to is is um, is really important. I suppose when we thought about how do we progress this concept of loving without an agenda, uh, without us having requirements for a relationship or or um, or outcomes that we've defined need to happen, if we're going to remove that stuff, um, then sometimes it can be quite challenging and. When I was planning this week, thinking, where are we going to take this exactly? We, we did the intro talk last week uh, and I thought, OK, we'll start with we'll start with the first um, the first like session this week. But as I started looking into it, I thought, Do you know what? It feels like there's still some other stuff to to set um, kind of set the foundation of before we, we jump into stuff. And and I suppose from last week, I was looking at um, some of the the people groups that we talked about um, potentially looking at. And it didn't feel as simple for me as just looking at those random relationships and posing some questions. So we talked about how do we love without agenda with your friends, your enemies, people who are close to you, uh, people that you don't know, your neighbours, your colleagues at work, uh, God, um, and loving yourself without an agenda, all of these kind of things. We could easily just jump straight in to each one of those and just ask some questions and, and it would be really helpful. But but for me, um, I suppose the challenge came as I sat down and tried to work out, well, where do we start? Where do we go with this? How do we form this so it makes sense and, and it unlocks something in each of us? Well, for me, I began to realise that there's a, there's a need for a greater understanding on the dynamic of relationships. Before we jump straight into just talking about um, you, your colleagues or your, na- or your neighbour, um, to me, it's about understanding that there are dynamics of relationships that are completely different. And, um, and I suppose there's, there's some questions that, that automatically come up. Maybe one of the questions that we need to ask is, um, if we're trying to become love to others, what does love actually look like in those scenarios? In all of these different relationships that were just earmarked, what does it actually look like? And the challenges there are stuff like, so if we're going to be love to everyone, 
does that mean we've got to be pretty much best friends with every single person that we that we are in contact with um do we how do we how do we develop relationships where we manage the varied expectations of friendship um and how do you manage differences of opinion and people who've got different perspectives it's not as simple as we say okay well let's just jump into these different relationships there's actually loads more complexity about how we understand where we fit in these relationships with other people. I don't know whether you've ever had those times where you meet someone, you're friends with them, and you get a real sense of this person really gets me and I, I love spending time with them. It just feels so natural. Um, it's never an effort. There's never a 20-minute um, a lull um, in the conversation. It's always just free-flowing and it just seems to work. Um, and those things are amazing. But sometimes we, we have those kind of feelings and then something happens where you get this sense of, I'm not sure they consider me as good a friend as I consider them <laughs> um, or that, that you just love spending time with that person. They make you feel great, but then you feel like you don't get a chance to spend enough time with them uh, and you don't get the benefit. Do you know what I mean? And, and this is where I'm talking about how do you manage the varied expectations of friendships? Um, and, and also if, if a gender is in a relationship, then what can often be the, I suppose the byproducts of that is that we set the rules and we set the outcome, we set the requirements for what that relationship looks like. And often that will be quite reliant on the need to be in agreement with most stuff and that there's, there's common ground, there's common perspective, there's, this is what we do. Well, actually, if we're going to be people who become love to everyone and we're going to love without an agenda... We've got to work out, how do we do that? Last question, how do we manage differences of opinion? How do we manage the fact that someone doesn't necessarily uh, believe in God, uh, doesn't necessarily um, follow um, the value system or the principles that we do? How do you manage that relationship? Because if we're going to be love um, to all people and we're going to love without agenda, we've got to be able to do that. And that's where uh, friendship is really, really challenged. So it got me thinking, this whole thing got me thinking about this, uh, the dynamics of relationship um, and about friendship particularly. Um, a friend of mine, um, well, my, my brother-in-law was chatting with me the other day and talking about one of his friends who's got uh, a concept of how uh, friendship works. And it was fascinating as he's telling me about it because I completely see where he's, where he's coming from. And he said friendship for him almost feels like everyone's got 100 credits and what happens with friendship is some people will decide to split those 100 credits between two people. They've got 50 each. So you invest all your time and energy into those two friends and it's, it's a strong, deep relationship. Other people might go, do you know what? I just want to give one credit to 100 people and that we're, we're, I'm friends with all of these people. Some people will split it, uh, 20 um, 20 for one person and then 10 for others or five for others. Um, but, but it's almost like we've, we've only got a capacity to develop friendship, um, it, it, like time and energy and effort and all this kind of stuff limits our capacity. And then we each have a choice to choose how we're going to do that. The challenge with that kind of stuff is when you realise that some people are functioning with um, maybe 12 credits handed out and then they've just got, the other, what's 12, uh, uh, 88, <laughs> the other 88 sat there not being used. 
Uh, and that's when stuff like loneliness kicks in and you realise that, that the depth of relationship, if it was as simple as we all have 100 credits and they're all going to get used, the reality of friendship is that's not necessarily the case. That some people can't, just can't get rid of the credits. Uh, and other people have got so many credits that they make you feel like you're a 50, but actually you're a 5 because they've got, they've got another 20 people like you who they're brilliant at making feel great, but you're never going to get 50% of their time because they have, they've spread it out and they're just brilliant at making you feel great, <laughs> but you're always going to be let down. Do you know I mean, so, so understanding, understanding friendship and the standards that each person has, it, it just varies for every single person depending on how they um, look at it. So I've been thinking a lot about it this week and as I thought about it, now this isn't from some great psychology study. This is just out of my brain. So it's not foolproof and it's got lots of holes in it. But when I was thinking about it, relationship seems to fall into three or four categories. Okay. Um, first one is, is close. Okay. The people who are close to us. Um, second one is wider connections. Third one is distant. And then the fourth one is, uh, this is why it's, it's a bit kind of fluffy three or four is because the fourth one is what I'm describing as core. Okay. So close stuff is, is maybe your partner or close family or, or a best friend, or maybe your children or you, your parents, whatever it might be that the, the people who are closest to you in your life, the wider connections I've described as people like colleagues uh, or neighbors or sometimes family uh, in that respect, uh, distant relationships I've talked about, um, strangers or people that you just don't know. And in some cases, if you've got them, enemies. Okay, and then the core I've, I've looked at um, being, first and foremost, it's yourself. That's the, that's the, the core of a relationship is, is you. That's the thing you can't get away from. <laughs> You're always going to be there. Um, and how you relate to yourself, how you feel about yourself and think about yourself is at the core of who you are. But, but for people who then are interested in God and want to connect with God themselves, um, there's the opportunity for God to be at the core as well. Okay, so a connection with God, a relationship with God becomes core as well. Um, but, but for some people, they may have, have not got God at the core and God might be either in a distant, wider or just in the close um, category. And that's where kind of God will sit into different brackets. But, but as I was thinking about it, it seemed to make sense that, that the reason it's not as simple is let's just charge straight into looking at how we can love without agenda with our colleagues. We've got to understand how, how relationships work, what the purpose of relationships are, how they differ, and all those kind of things. So, that's, so those are the areas, close, wider, distant and core. And as I thought more about these areas and thought, actually, well, well how do they work? What is the, what's the difference between these things? I suppose I came up with some elements to define what, um, what these things are. So when I was thinking about the close relationships, for me, it becomes about the word investment. It becomes about um, those kind of relationships, so, so partner, close family, best friend, children, those are probably the relationships that we choose to make the most investment into. Okay, so, um, it, and, and I suppose in some ways, and this is all stuff that could be completely picked apart, in some ways, it's those relationships that we choose 
to spend our most time in and choose to invest in. Sometimes there's an element of duty or obligation or the fact we uh, we feel obliged to do that. But actually, often, those are the relationships. At some point, we've made a decision to choose to really prioritise those and invest our time and energy um, into those relationships. Now, the wider category is an interesting one because for me when you think about things like colleagues and neighbours and sometimes family the wider one suggests for me that that's the place where it's more about obligation or duty so you can't I know you can choose what job you apply for but when you turn up at work you can't choose your colleagues Um, and when you buy a house you can find out who lives around but usually you don't go and check check the credentials of all your neighbours before you move in um, I'm sure that will come in in the future. <laughs> You'll be able to glean all of that information. Um, but it's almost like the wider section is the people that we don't choose. So we relate to them. We have to relate to them because they're work colleagues or they're neighbours or maybe they're just family that either you don't particularly get on with and you feel obliged to be connected to them or it's wider family that you uh, are connected to and that's just it you're always connected to them um but but it's, it's not obligation in a negative thing that oh i, I, I resent oh, it's not full of resentment it's about understanding that that it's a completely different role to be in to be in in something where you're investing time and energy and and you're choosing you've chosen these people close to you these are just people who are in your life and the question is what what are you going to do about it are you just going to are they just going to be always remain um wider connections that you you go to to a certain level um, but it never goes beyond that and actually are you and this is why the question earlier was relevant are you expecting to be best friends with everyone the reality is you can't be but it's understanding that there's a role that can be played in that relationship um, and there's an opportunity to impact those people's lives. And then the third one, um, uh, the third word I've come up with, um, and it's a real genius one for the distant group, is distance. <laughs> and that's, that's because, and it's, it's a cop-out, but that's because um, the people in the distant group we've described as people that you don't know, or strangers, or enemies, um, the fact is, those are the kind of people that we've maybe chosen to keep at a distance, or they're naturally at a distance. And almost, they could be people that we naturally try to avoid. So we don't necessarily naturally, some of us do, naturally try to avoid strangers, because you just think, I can't be bothered with the small talk. and the <laughs> So we just we allow them to stay at a, distant, a distance. But But when someone's hurt you, when someone falls, I know we don't talk about people being our enemies. Uh, I, I do sometimes, just to be dramatic. Um, <laughs> I've got a few arch nemesis, nemeses. Um, um, Lucy was one of those for a little bit. <laughs> um, but, um, but sometimes they're people that we have placed at a distance in our lives because we know that it's either too painful, too difficult, or it's too much hassle, um, or just too negative and, dis- and destructive for us in our lives uh, to be able to do that. But the Bible talks about us being people who love our enemies. So when we're thinking about these different areas, the close, the wider and the distant, there is a challenge with all that stuff. Um, investment, obligation, distance is the, the, the three words I've, I've picked out. 
And when we think about a different dynamic of how to become love to others, how to drop a gender, we can see that uh, each area, I suppose, has a range of challenges. And for every single person in the room, it will be different for each of us. Some of you will sit there and go, man, I've got a few people in the enemy category <laughs> who are out there and I don't know if I'm ready to, um, to love those people. Um, I don't know whether I'm able to, to have the perspective shift that, that softens my heart to be able to deal with that. Um, and it might be that some of you, we can sometimes fall into the trap within, within the Christian world of talking about everything in ideals. So often the, the biggest thing for me is we, I've been, having grown up in the church, I've, I've, only, I've always heard family talked about in a really positive, loving, um, simple way. But the sad reality in today's society is so many people have got a, a painful version of family. That means it's not something that's necessary. Are oh, you closest people to your family, aren't they? Because for some people, the family might be in the distant group because it's just been a really painful, difficult journey and they don't want them to be close to them. And I, and I think that's what we need to acknowledge as we move forward with these kind of things. We need to understand that for every single person, it would be different things that come up um, and different, uh, different challenges for each of us. Um, that, that actually mean our response to this stuff will just be very personal. It's not going to be a case that we all have to sit down and, and share about what we're going to work on. This is about people going away and thinking about it. And as I said earlier, this talk isn't going to be one that resolves today. It's just throwing out this, this concept of saying, do you know what, let's not be flippant about relationships and say, this is simple, guys. We need to become love to everyone and we need to love without an agenda because that gives a blank, that feels like there's a blanket response to every single connection we have. What I'm trying to say is there's categories for relationships and the requirements for each of those things will be different. It, it's not wrong to have people at a distance. There'll always be people who are more distant. There'll always be strangers. But if we're going to say, how am I going to be someone who chooses to love everyone that I encounter? What does that look like in each of those scenarios? So we are going to go through all of those different areas, but I want to be able to, uh, the, the reason I've taken today to, to reframe it is because I want to be able to put it into those sections so it makes more sense to us. So whilst we're thinking about it, we're not jumping between, oh, this is a wider thing, this is a distant thing, this is a close thing. I want us to, to kind of compartmentalise it and say, actually, we're just going to talk about what do our wider connections look like? And then we'll look at those over a couple of weeks. Because th the fact is, you aren't called to be everyone's best friend. And if, if that was the case, you'd probably all just decide to sack this off because it's just far too much hard work. You've got your hundred credits. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with them? But actually, if if the if our faith in God and our connection with God is going to make a difference and is going to inspire us to be love to all the people that we meet, then there is an opportunity for us to choose love in each of those scenarios. Um, and I suppose the challenge for us moving forward is as we get to each week. We've got to ask ourselves some, some questions and we've got to think about some stuff that says, what does this look like? So we're going to be talking about stuff like, what's your unique role in that relationship? Um, what's the temptation of agenda in that scenario? When, when might I be thrusting agenda onto a particular situation? And, and I suppose ultimately each time you want to be able to ask the question, what does loving without agenda actually look like? 
in this um, scenario, in this situation, in this relationship. So we're going to look at, first we're going to start off with wider connections. So we'll look at neighbours, uh, we'll look at uh, not, the, uh, not the Australian um, TV. We could do that as a week. That would be really inspiring. Uh, so look at neighbours uh, and then uh, we'll look at colleagues. Then we're going to jump to close connections. Um, we're going to look at those close uh, and then we're going to look at friends. Um, then distant connections, those we don't know and enemies. Um, and then we're going to look at core to finish off, which is God um, and then yourself. And there's not, I mean, this is why today isn't going to resolve. There's not an expected progression for any of us in this. It's not to say we now, by the end of the the final session, we all shout, we all should be loved to every single person by that point. It's more a case of saying, what is it that is flagged up in me as I look at these different scenarios that I know I could tweak and shape and amend in order to be able to be better at doing that kind of stuff. And, and as we said last week, there's a bit of rewiring that required, that's required about our expectation and our, our approach and our attitude towards relationships and friendships. And I suppose today is more about us just opening our minds to say, I want to consider all of these different things to say, actually, what, what does my life look like in its current um in its current way in these particular scenarios and how could I be better at it? And it's not to say that we're going to ask everyone to carry a pack of Why Jesus booklets in their bag when they go to work. Um, This is exactly not what it's about. It's not about that. It's about understanding what's what's unique for you in your your opportunity Um, and what could you do? uh, What could you do with that? So... um, the topic, I suppose, is something that we can all relate to, probably in different ways. And I said this earlier, but if faith in God is to make a difference in the way that we live our lives, then we need to be prepared to shine a light on all aspects and allow God to shape us. So it's a bit of a random talk today, um, but hopefully that makes some kind of sense that I don't just want to plough in and say all relationships are there for you to be um, the most loving person possible. There is an opportunity in every single connection that you have, and I, I suppose I want to I want to get us thinking about how do we reshape this stuff so that I'm not beating myself up if I've not gone and met every single person that I've I've encountered this week for a coffee. Um, it's about understanding what are the small things um, and what is the the big investment that's needed in some relationships. What are the small things? How can I just be um, an image of hope? to someone uh, in the simplest of ways. Um, and I don't think God's calling you to be everything to everyone. Um, but what he is calling you to do is be, is be someone who, who's generous with your offering of, of love into a situation. And the good news for us is love looks different in each of those scenarios and each of those connections. Um, but we can still choose to bring that to the table. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, and then we'll start next week um, with um, neighbours, which is uh, going to be an exciting one. Cool.